Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, July 24th. As always, we are presented by Home D's Home Cuts. Uh, I'm your host, Travis Karczewski, joined by my other host, Truman Karczewski. How's it going, guys? And we are welcomed again in studio today by Nate Meyer. What's up, guys? Happy to be back. Yeah, he was on early, uh, episode 8 or 9 or something. We thought we'd bring him back on. Uh, talk a little sports here. Uh, we're going to start with football. We're going to keep you know, going here. Training camp is opening up soon, so we're going to hopefully you know, knock out these teams pretty quickly. We're going to do the Cowboys and the Giants today, a little off-season review uh, predictions for the upcoming season. So we're going to start with the Cowboys. Went 9-7 and seven last year, kind of an underperforming year. Uh, yeah, we're dealing with the whole, you know, Zeke Elliott, is he suspended, is he not suspended type of thing. Uh, they added some pretty solid talent on the outside with Alan Hurds and Tavon Austin. Uh, those are going to help, you know, replace, you know, the Des Bryant and the Jason Wittens. Two big key, key pieces that were there for a long time, uh, and now they are gone. But then they had, the, they had a pretty solid draft. Uh, they took, uh, how do you pronounce his name, Leighton Van, Van Der Esch. The linebacker out of Boise State. Uh, they took Connor Williams, the offensive lineman out of Texas. And then they took Michael Gallup, who's a pretty interesting prospect, wide receiver uh, from Colorado State, I believe. Uh, so this team, they they added a lot over this offseason. They added some talent. Alan Hearns is a guy I wanted the Packers to get. Uh, he has a lot of talent. Uh, but I think it's going to come down to, you know, how is Dak uh, Prescott going to perform? Is he going to be, you know, down like he was last year, or is he going to have another repeat performance of his rookie year? That's a huge key. Uh, this defense is pretty solid. They have some pretty good pieces. You know, Sean Lee is a Hall of Famer. Demarcus Lawrence had a great year last year. Uh, what are you looking at me like that? Sean Lee's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. What the hell? <laughs> uh, this offensive line is still pretty good. They got a lot of good pieces, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Sure, want to get your take on this. What do you think the Cowboys do this year? Yeah, I mean, I like the addition of Alan Hearns, but I don't think Alan Hearns is the number one wide receiver. Um, you know, they lost Des Bryant, which was probably one of the biggest storylines of the offseason because Des Bryant was, you know, a couple years ago, one of the top, top five receivers in the league. Um, but he just wasn't what he used to be last season, so they got rid of him, saved some money. But now you look at the wide receiver court, it's kind of bleak. And I don't know, you know, Dak Prescott, he did have a step back last season, but... You know, this next season for him, it's going to be like kind of like the all-in year to see if he's really going to be the franchise quarterback. And giving him less weapons and less, you know, Jason Witten, Des Bryant, they're not there anymore. Giving him less weapons to throw to, uh, I don't know if that's going to help him at all. Now, he's got Ezekiel Elliott back, which is, he's one of the best running backs in the league, um, and that will obviously help him. Their offensive line is still top tier, and their, de- their defense is decent. It's not, you know, anything that's going to help him out a lot, but it, it can win them some games. So I think it all comes down to Dak Prescott, like you said, and I don't know how he's going to improve, which he has to, without um, any of his weapons still there. Yeah, the sophomore slump from Dak Prescott, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays this year. Uh, I like Dak. I think he's going to come back stronger. I think he's going to do better than his rookie season. I think he's got to prove everyone wrong. Mm. Um, Zeke Elliott, obviously that's a lot of talk about that. Uh, I hope he doesn't get suspended. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL, obviously. A Buckeye, so yeah. I'm big on him. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. I know they lost, like I said, Dez and Jason Witten was a staple there for a long time. It's gonna be interesting to see how they replace Witten uh, in that offense. But I really like the addition of Tavon Austin. I think he's a guy who's been kind of underutilized uh, for throughout his whole career, especially with the, in the Rams system. Uh, he was deadly coming out of West Virginia, one of the 
best receivers in the country. I know his highlight tape is so fun to watch from West Virginia. I think he's a guy who has a lot left in the tank. He has been very underutilized, and we'll see what happens, how they use him in the system. Uh, but I think he could be a guy who really helps their offense. I think, uh, yeah, you're right. A change of scenery could help him, and the Cowboys can you know, use him a lot more. Uh, but I feel like... The Rams, you know, Sean McVay, he turned out to be one of the best offensive minds in football last year. And um, the fact that they couldn't find a spot for him or use him kind of proves to me that he might not be... Yeah, I think, I mean, he had one year with Sean McVay. Yeah, that's true. But he hasn't showed anything. But I think a change of scenery in, um, to Dallas will help him. Um, Dallas didn't give up much for him. I think it was a six-round pick. Uh, so, I and think... Switzer. Oh, they gave up that little... Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think, um, you know, that was a good trade for the Cowboys because you're right, Tavon Austin does have a lot of potential, but I don't think that that's going to impact, and I think their receiving core is still really, really bleak. And then you got, you know, they're playing this division with the Eagles, and I think the Giants are going to be better. We'll talk about them. Uh, I think they go maybe 8-8, eight and eight, 500. Uh, I don't think this defense is good enough uh, to combat, you know, an offense like, you know, the Eagles or now with the Giants. Uh, so I think 8-8 eight and eight's a pretty solid record. Uh, hopefully Dak, you know, performs better. But if he doesn't, I think eight and eight is where they'll stand. I think it's seven to nine. Um, and I think this year they finally fired Jason Garrett. Oh wow! And um, I think Dak Prescott still proves to be a pretty good quarterback. Um, I don't think he takes a huge step forward. Um, but I think they go seven and nine, and they fire Jason Garrett, and they finally get someone in there who can help them out and utilize Dak and Ezekiel Elliott the way they should be. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I say eight and eight, seven mm-hmm. and nine is where they'll probably end up. Uh, the Jason Garrett, I kind of agree too because I think he's been blessed with talent on his team the past couple of years, and this will be utilize it. This will be a real test to see how he can do with not as much talent as usual. So, okay, so moving now to the other team in the NFC East, the Giants, three and thirteen last year. I think we all can agree it was a, a shit show most of the season. Yeah. I mean, you had McAdoo benching Eli Manning. Uh, you had uh, Odell getting hurt, Brandon Marshall was hurt, Eli Apple was causing problems, but I think they did a pretty good job this offseason of kind of clearing all that out. They got new head coach, Pat Shermer, who I really like Pat Shermer. Uh, I know, you know, he kind of has a negative review because of the Browns, but, I mean, that's the Browns. You can't really blame a guy for what happened there. Right. Uh, <laughs> but they did add some a lot of talent, I think. You know, they added Jonathan Stewart. He's going to help the rookie running back, Saquon Barkley. They added Nate Solder. He's going to really shore up that offensive line. And they added Will Hernandez in the draft, who was one of – he's probably a first-round pick, but he fell to them in the second round, which is huge. Then they added Alec Ogletree. Uh, they traded for him from the Rams. He's going to anchor that defense, bring a veteran presence. The only guy they really lost was Brandon Marshall, which is you know not really. I get it; he's a huge, big talent, but it's not a huge loss in terms of production. Yeah, but this team does have talent. Odell, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL uh, when healthy. Eli Manning is a solid quarterback. They got a huge flash of talent from Evan Ingram last year, the tight end out of Old Miss, I believe. Um, and then Saquon Barkley. Number two overall, one of the best prospects coming out of the draft in the last couple of years. He's going to be that workhorse. They've been looking for a workhorse running back, you know, for a long time. They've always done the two running back system, uh, but hopefully Saquon will be that workhorse that they can really rely on, and I think that's going to be huge for them. Yeah, I just think the talent on the Giants' offense is just unbelievable, and I think it all rests down just like the Cowboys when it rests on Dak's shoulders. I think the 
the it all rests on Eli's shoulders with the Giants because Eli is one of the most inconsistent inconsistent players and I think not only NFL like sports I think he's either really good <laughs> and looks like he's you know a top 10 quarterback or he looks like he's just absolutely terrible and shouldn't have a job anywhere um, but I it's gonna I don't know how you don't perform well with Odell Sterling Shepard Evan Ingram and now Saquon Barkley behind you so it's gonna all rest on Eli's shoulders if he can be more consistent if he can go back to kind of that old Eli, that 2011-2007 Eli when they won the Super Bowl. I think the Giants got a real shot at contending this year. Um, Pat Shermer, I think he's a great coach. Um, I thought he did good with the Browns when he was there, uh, but it's hard it's hard to do good with the Browns. Um, but what he did with the Vikings offense last year, I think he's a big credit to what Case Keenum did and um, the reason he's got a nice little contract down in Denver now. Um, and then you look at the defense. You know, I love the safety, Landon Collins. He's one of the better safeties, if not the best safety in the league. So he can cheese shores up that secondary very good. Um, their secondary, when healthy, is very good as well. Um, if they can just, you know, kind of, they're a decent defense. If they can get a pass rush and uh, stop the run, they'll be very good and, um, you know, enough to be consistent enough to win some football games for the Giants. But this offense is just too talented um, to look past. And if everything stays healthy, if Odell comes back and, is Odell again, um, and Sterling Shepard can take a step forward, Evan Ingram can take a step forward, and Saquon Barkley is everything the Giants um, expect him to be. The Giants are going to be back in uh, Super Bowl contention. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think if the uh, Giants don't do better than 8-8, eight and eight, you know, 500, then it all rests on Eli because the, um, the offense is way too talented. Saquon is an absolute stud. I think he's going to have a break. He's going to have an amazing rookie season, basically like, when Zeke came into the league, you know, every, he had a great season. I think Saquon's probably going to do that, maybe better. Um, you know, Eli's got to step it up. Last year he was benched. Um, you know, he's that franchise quarterback, and he can't he can't do bad. It's just not good for the team. Yeah, and I know you both said it both rests on Eli's shoulders. But I think, you know, that's been a problem for the last couple of years. It has it, The whole offense has been resting on Eli's shoulders. This year they got a running game now, I think. Jonathan Stewart, adding him to be the backup behind Saquon is huge. Jonathan Stewart's been that guy, you know, he's always been, you know, a, a twin in terms of, you know, backing up a running back. Uh, he's going to be huge. They added two real, I think Will Hernandez is a really good offensive lineman. Then they added Nate Shoulder, who's a solid piece. That offensive line has been a problem the last couple years. And, you know, Eli's had to deal with, you know, his the whole offense runs through him. He's got to pass the ball, and he's dealing with a crappy offensive line and no run game. But this year, over the offseason, that offensive line's good now, I think. It's pretty solid. They got a good running game, and now, obviously, Eli's going to be healthy. Odell's going to be healthy. So I think this team will do better. I think they'll be 7-9 and nine right there with the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl contending right away. This defense is a little shaky. Uh, so I think 7-9, 8 8's a solid record for them. I'm going to go 11-5. and five. I wow. really like the Giants. I really like Pat Shermer. It all depends on Eli. If Eli sucks, they're going six and ten, five and eleven. If Eli's good, they're going eleven and five. So I'm gonna bank on Eli right now, and I'm gonna go eleven and five. I'm gonna kind of high roll him and um, hype him up a little bit. But I really like the Giants, and I think they can, you know, compete with the Eagles for that division, top of the division. I think a good season from the Giants this year would probably be ten and six. Um, if Eli doesn't perform like he used to, they could drop all the way down to five, you know, five wins, mm-hmm. six wins. So hopefully Eli can perform for them. Yeah, this is, this is a scary team because they got a pretty high ceiling, I think, in terms of talent, but not really expected much for, from them. 
So we'll see what happens. I don't think they'll be a Super Bowl contender, but I think you know they'll be right there, wild card hunt. Especially with the Eagles, I don't think they're winning that division. I don't know. I think I think the Giants got a lot better this offseason. I think the Eagles will have it no matter yeah. what. I think the I Eagles. How good just, the the NFC East always has, you know, they switch off. That's but. true, but we'll see what happens. Another story coming out of the NFL is Josh Gordon. Apparently, he's not going to be showing up to training camp. People aren't sure when he's going to be back. He said he's seeking treatment. Nobody really knows what it is. I guess uh, some sources say it's some sort of mental stress, dealing with anxiety. Uh I think this is from. A whack job. I think it's from. He's been staying. He's been staying away from marijuana, and I think he's been dealing. He's using marijuana to deal with that stress and anxiety. And now that he doesn't have, you know, marijuana to fall back on, he's kind of, you know, falling apart here. It's this is. I'm scared if I'm a Browns fan. I mean, my Josh Gordon has been, you know, one of the I'm biggest. Confident. I'm confident. I'm confident, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon has been one of the biggest letdowns if I'm a Browns fan. He has so much talent. And it's just every year he finds some way where they just don't get it onto the field, and that's a problem. Josh Gordon's top top three wide receiver in the game when he's playing, and I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. I you can call me out for that. He's better than Odell. He runs. He's like Julio, I think. And if he can stay healthy, this is everything for the Browns. I don't know what's up in his mind, but if I'm a Browns fan, as long as he's on the field for Week One, I don't really care exactly. what. If, yeah. I don't really care what he's doing. Because he wasn't around the team for two years, and he showed up last season, and he dominated. Um, as long as he is on the field for week one and plays every single week, the Browns will be fine, and Josh Gordon will be a top-tier wide receiver. Yeah, I don't think missing a couple weeks of training camp is going to impact him that much. Like you said, he missed two to three years of football and came back and kind of you know went right back into it and dominated. He is, he's been working out like a fiend. Everybody looks at his Instagram. I mean, he's, he's pretty scary to look at. Uh, I know me and Truman were at the Packers game in December, and he went out and he was warming up without a shirt on, and he was pretty scary. And he caught a touchdown in that game. He's put the sunglasses where you on. You wouldn't think people would be cut at. Like yeah. he's got. He's intimidating. He's got muscles on muscles. <laughs> he's intimidating. Uh, but you know all that, and he, but he's still got problems, you know, mentally. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, you know, he figures this out. Uh, best of luck to him. Uh, but if they don't get him on the field, I don't know what the Browns are going to do. I know he said this is the best receiving core in the league without Josh top Gordon. Without Josh three. Gordon? Not without Josh. <laughs> With Josh Gordon, I'd say they're best. One of the best in the league. Um, I'm not worried at all as a Browns fan. He's got to do whatever he's got to do to get on the field week one. And if it's not show up to a practice the whole season, then I'm fine with it. Um, Baker Mayfield said he was the best quarter, best wide receiver he's ever thrown to in his entire life and he'd ever seen in his life. And like you guys said, I mean, he is... A beast of nature. Yeah. I mean, his workout tapes that he puts on Instagram, he's working out with uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell out on the field. I mean, they are just, whatever he's got to do, whether go to therapy or take some time off, by all means do it, as long as you're on the field and we're winning game one. So we have we have a question that we're going to answer a little bit later, but I figured we'll just bring it up now. If Dez isn't on the field, I mean, not Dez, if Josh isn't on the field week one, should the Browns take a flyer on Dez Bryant? No. No? I don't want him. Even if Josh Gordon's on the field, I don't want him at all. If Josh Gordon's not going to be able to play this season, which I think he is, I'm 99.9% sure Josh Gordon will play at, least, at least 10 out of the 16 <laughs> games. Um, you know, if, if he doesn't play, then yeah, sure, Dez. He's probably the best receiver available right now, but... I think there's just too much going on with the Dez, and I think we're already set at wide receiver. If you add Dez, there's 
almost too many options and it's you don't know, even know who to throw to it might cause issues with the team there might be you know beef in the locker room it's something you don't need so i think i don't think so because i like i'm like nate josh gordon's gonna be around and he's gonna be playing in the games he's gonna be in the regular season um and if Des Bryant gets signed by them. He's definitely in my. He's gonna be the number three option because Jarvis Landry is better than him too at this point in his career. And Des doesn't want that. He doesn't want to go somewhere and be the third option, let alone the number. He doesn't want to be the second option, let alone the number three. Yeah, that's. Three I option. think you know if you sign him and then Josh Gordon, you know, comes back, he's not. He's gonna be the number three option. He wants to be the number one guy, and he's just not gonna be that in he, front of. Des Bryant also doesn't have the mentality like. Like Jarvis Landry went from the Dolphins to the Browns, and he's so excited. He's excited to be on the Browns, and it's something mm-hmm. as a Browns fan that you like to see. I think if you're Des Bryant and you go from you know one of the top tier teams like the Cowboys the past couple years, and you go to a team that went 0 and 16 last year, if the Browns win six games, the team's gonna be excited. The city's gonna be excited. Des Bryant might say, you know, this is this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I want out of here, and he might be gone. It might just be a waste of money. Yeah, you know, he wants to win. And no one the really... Browns want to win, but the Browns understand if they win six games, it's a good year, and it's building. Yeah, and Des Bryant, he wants to win, but he also is going to want money. I don't think the Browns are want to give him money, because if he's going to be the number three option, the Browns can't give him a lot of money. Um, so I just it just doesn't fit, because he's not going to be the number one option, he's not going to get money, and he's, like Nate said, he doesn't want to go through a rebuilding year. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Again, best of luck to Josh Gordon. I hope he figures out whatever he you know has to figure out uh, before the season starts. He's fun to watch when he's healthy um, and fully you know ready to go. Uh, so hopefully he'll get back, but we'll see what happens. Uh, then our last story out of the NFL, kind of a sad story. Tony Sperano, uh, the Vikings offensive line coach, was the Dolphins head coach for a couple years. Uh, he passed away at, at the age of 56 due to some heart-related issues. Uh, this is a really sad, um, really sad story. Uh, even though he is a Vikings coach, you know, heart goes out to him. Uh, it's really sad. He revolu- I think he revolutionized the game. A little far. I'm not saying I, I like Tony Sperano. He revolutionized the game when he was with the Dolphins. Uh, doing that Ronnie Brown wild he invented the Wildcat, which I think every team now has that in their in their playbook. Josh Cribs, one of the best Wildcat. He changed. Boys. I mean, there you look go. what he did. He took the one in fifteen Dolphins the year before. They started zero and two, and then they went up to New England in that game. And I think everybody kind of remembers that game. They won thirty-eight to thirteen, all because Ronnie Brown. He had four running touchdowns and a passing touchdown. And Bill Belichick, who usually is on top of all this. He just couldn't stop it. And I think, you know, Tony Sperano started this, and now, like I said, everybody has it in their playbook. Um, and they went 11-5 and that year and won the AFC East. So to go from 1-15 and to 11-5 and and win the AFC East, which is a Patriots-dominant division the last couple of years, is insane. 1-16, 16-0 this year. I right, think so. You think they're 16-0? No. I don't actually So... Like I said, really sad. Um, he was a really well-respected head coach around the league. I really like Tony Sperano. Uh, you know, he revolutionized the game. Big football guy. Sad to see. And our heart goes out to the families there. Yep. I, I remember him. He's kind of like a mainstay on uh, NFL off- or NFL uh, sidelines. You always see him on a team. But when he was with the Dolphins, he did a good job. When he was with the Raiders, he did a good job as the interim there. Um, he changed. You don't think about it. But he really he changed the game. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of the best offensive line coaches. The Vikings got a steal when they hired him. Um, but, you know, he's a great guy. What And um, 
you know, like you said, respect goes out to his family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Wildcat, when you, Wildcat really sets defenses back when, you know, um, you're doing a good job, you're stopping them, and all of a sudden their wide receiver's at quarterback. Yeah. You know, yeah, you and then you don't know what to do. You don't know who to guard, you know, even the, the um, it was used in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, Nick Foles scored a touchdown and set everyone back. Everyone, that's one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. So, I mean. Yeah, there's not many, you know, games you remember, you know, especially, you know, Dolphins-Patriots matchup and whatever, I forget what year it was. But I, I just remember that game because I remember, you know, Ronnie Brown and Bill Belichick doesn't get stumped a lot. But you could tell in that game he had no answer for that. You know, Ronnie Brown, a guy who's not really known throughout his career, he had four rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown, and they demolished the Patriots. Um, so that was that was one of the most legendary games. I think it changed the game. Uh, obviously, because like I said, Nate said it's in the Super Bowl now. People are running it almost every single game. So it's crazy to see. Sad to see him die at such a young age. Uh, but heart goes out to his family. So now moving on, we don't talk a lot of college football because there haven't been a lot of stories, but we're going to start talking a little bit more. Uh, so we're going to start it off with our way too early predictions for the Final Four, the playoffs, and this upcoming uh, year. Uh, I don't know, do you want to do seeds or do you just want to do four teams? So seeds. I'm in for seeds. All you right. in for seeds, Nate? I'm always in for seeds. All right, All right. we'll go number one. I'll kick it off. I think Ohio State. Number one Ooh, seed. I, I, I didn't think, expect that. I think here, I think this team is like full that. of talent. This I defense. Like that. They didn't lose a ton last year, even though it seems like they did. But they just they're a factory of talent. Dwayne has. They they should have been a playoff team last year. I think that was clear. Thank you, Thank you uh, very much for that. And Alabama they, did not deserve to be. They did that all with JT who Barrett. Won the, who won the national championship? Alabama. And if Ohio State was that seed. Ohio and they State did this all be. with JT Barrett, who I love JT Barrett, but he was a trash quarterback. He could not complete any sort of pass. And now they got Dwayne Haskins running the show there. J.K. Dobbins, who I think is an easy Heisman contender, uh, best running back in the Big Ten clearly last year. How? Because he is. And then they got who a lot of yards. Jonathan Taylor or him? Well, who is Jonathan Taylor? Never yeah, heard that name. Jonathan Taylor. I've never heard that well, name. I mean, you I'm pretty know. sure in the Big Ten game we shut Jonathan Taylor down. Big and Ten JK power Dobbins. rankings came out a couple days ago for. Uh, this upcoming season, and Ohio State was number one. Yeah, Great. so it's clear. They're the best, they're the best team in the Big Ten. The best team in the Big Ten and, and I think it's going to be cool to see, because they have yeah. Dwayne Haskins this year. The talent at wide receiver has been kind of underplayed, because JT Barrett is not the best passer. But Dwayne Haskins has a really good arm, so you're going to be able to see these guys like Paris Campbell, who I think is one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. He's going to step out this year, because he's going to finally have somebody who can throw him the ball. So I think Ohio State easily gets that number one seed. Uh, for me, I don't really understand how you don't pick Alabama here. Um, someone give me the quarterback's name. Tua. Uh, Tua Tagnolovia. Yeah, from Hawaii. Like Kid's it. just absolutely dominant. His, his little brother's, what, a senior in high school and already is a full ride yeah. Alabama? He's going to Alabama, too. Yeah. Maybe he's already Kid's there. just absolutely dominant. I watched that national championship. I haven't seen an arm like that in all the years I've watched football. Here's I, the thing I haven't about seen... Alabama. I don't have them in my top four. And I know that's crazy. But they have Jalen Hurts is still there. He, I feel bad for you. You think he's Hurts. just going to give up his position at quarterback? I don't think so. I think the best Tua, college football coach of all time Tua, is going to oh, look at the not. talent Tua, and see Tua and Tua, be like, you're saying, this guy's got the best arm in college football in 10 years. You're saying Tua is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. We saw 
one half. Of You're calling program. Dwayne Haskins one of the best college football quarterbacks, and the kid I never threw said that. Six, you said six that. passes. You said you said two is one of the best players in college football. And you're talking like Dwayne Haskins is. Two. I said Dwayne Haskins is a better. I said two his arm is one of the best in college football, but, but yeah, you can't judge. You him. can't judge. Okay, him then based I can the I will not take your Dwayne Haskins. I didn't BS. say Dwayne Haskins. Okay, Dwayne Haskins. because the guy threw six passes when against he Michigan. In, when he came in he against didn't Michigan, throw. he dominated. That's all I'm saying. Tua went into the national championship game. game against one of the best teams in Georgia Tua's good. and dominated. Two is good. Okay. Tua's I like Tua, but I'm just saying I don't. You, he got thrown into a game. Georgia had no. He's a completely different. Now he didn't get thrown into a game. He got thrown in a national championship game. Yes, and I don't. And he has to step up. He's gonna step up. And, and if he but didn't Georgia, step up, he would have gotten taken out three. Jalen Hurts and Tua are two different players, and Georgia was not prepared to see Tua in that game. And I nobody was prepared a to see that freshman quarterback went in the game. Age doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it went into the game. Especially in Alabama. This is like, Co- I'm going to talk Kobe. Co- he went Kobe Bryant. He went freaking iced up in his veins. Went into the game. Nick Saban came up to his came up to his get- halftime in the national championship. Alabama's down. Nick Saban doesn't like losing. Came up to him and said, you're going in, you're playing quarterback second half. Now, obviously, it's not the up. same. And the man stepped not up. Not the same, but Dwayne Haskins wasn't told he was going in. He, he went in against... He did, he Dwayne did, Haskins he, went in against hey, an 8-4, 7-5 Michigan. Let me, talk, let me talk real quick. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins didn't know he was going in. He got thrown into that game. I know it's not even comparable to the national championship, but Michigan. Ohio State... As an Ohio State fan, Ohio the State-Ohio Michigan, Michigan, State game, the Michigan-Ohio State game is just as big as the national championship. Yes. I'd rather win that than win a national it's, championship. It's a wave. It's it's not the same level, but it's right there with Michigan it. was 7-5. It's, it's the best it doesn't game matter. in college Michigan football. was 7-5. And five. And we were we were down. I remember we were down when he came yeah. in. It's not an easy... Michigan was you can't say it was an easy situation for him to go in. He had no warning either. Seven Tua had some warning. <laughs> Nick Saban coming up to you at halftime of the national championship game, that's not the greatest warning in the world. You get some time, though. Dwayne had no time. You got millions and millions and millions of people watching the game. You have millions and, and millions of people. And just as many people, not just as many, okay. obviously, because it's not worldwide, but that game was just, was watched. What was, was just Michigan's record? I don't know what their record was. It doesn't seven really matter five, because Ohio four? State won at the end of the day. Seven and five, And they weren't four. winning before they were They weren't playing a Georgia that was absolutely unbelievable. We aren't even talking about the final four. We're just <laughs> even about Tua. Okay, but my Al- number one is Alabama. There's no signs pointing to Alabama faltering. I so think, I don't know why you can't. All, right, all right, all right. My, my number one's Ohio State. Move on. Number all right. Two, number well, two. I was just last thing. I think the quarterback controversy is going to hurt. Uh, but we'll see what happens. It hasn't hurt Nick Saban in the past. Well, he's, he's never had. Gonna hurt. Yes, he has. It's going to hurt Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. He's sorry. He's a great Hurts deserved the to way be he... starting quarterback, and the fact that he's not going to be starting on Alabama is going to mess with him, and it's going to push him harder, and there's going to be back and forth battle. But Nick Saban's going to pick the more talented guy. Nick yeah. Saban doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't care about Jalen Hurts. And that's going to hurt him. And it yeah, how many national championships has Nick Saban won? I'm you, just saying. I think he knows. All right, we got to move on. Uh, we're going to go. I think number two, I think Oklahoma. I like Oklahoma a lot. I think Kyler Murphy, Murray is a really good quarterback. I think he's not he's as good as Baker. Player. Yeah, he's a baseball player. Not a, not as good as Baker, but I think he's a, very, he's a lot better runner than Baker. Uh, so this team is interesting. They got a lot of talent left over from last year. I think Oklahoma squeaks in into the playoffs. Uh, for me, number two is going to be Georgia. Um, Georgia's just, you know, they didn't. I love that. Well, I'm blanking on the quarterback's name. From? From. From. Yeah. I think he's one of the best. He's the best college football quarterback going into this season. Um, you know, you can talk up Haskins. I can talk up Tua. But From is the most proven guy. 
He's the going to be the best quarterback. He's going to when he goes into the draft, he's going to be the best quarterback in the draft. Um, he's just very NFL ready. Um, he looks very comfortable, and you know the pieces around him. Georgia had one of the best recruiting classes, and they just keep getting better and better. I know they lost the running back combo, um, and that's going to hurt. They got a young team, but I think Georgia. I love Kirby Smart and what he's doing, and I think they're going to turn into one of the bigger powerhouses in college football. Uh, I'm going to go Alabama. I haven't said them yet, and obviously they're always there. So I'll just throw them in there at number two. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> then we'll go uh, number three. I think Georgia, like all things Truman said, I like Jake Fromm a lot. Most proven quarterback, probably most experienced. And I like Kirby Smart. So Georgia, number three. Uh, me, number three, I'm going Ohio State. Um, Can you say it again? Slower, too? I'm going Ohio State at three. Uh, listen, it's Ohio State. Urban Meyer's one of the better coaches in college football. The best. Um, one of the best. And All they've the got best. a bunch of talent. I, I mean, I don't see them winning the national championship, but they'll be in it this year. Uh, I'll go Georgia. I like Fromm as well. Um, you know, they were there last year, and I think they deserved it last year. So I think they're going to have that chip on their shoulder. All right, and number four, I'm going Clemson. I think Clemson, you know, they have a very good defensive line, full of top, you know, first-round picks. Uh, and I re- are interesting, too. Yeah, Clemson's and I really good. like Davo Sweeney. I think he is one of the best head coaches in college football. Uh, so, Clemson, number four. Hmm, number four for me. <laughs> if you There is a team you up in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to go Wisconsin at number four. I think this is the year they finally get over the hump. Uh, they've been five, six seed the past few years. Um, and it's getting kind of annoying. Um, so I think this is the year they finally they can't run with the big dogs. They take the next step. They have the best offensive line in college football, and that's undisputed. No one else, dis- no one can disagree with that. Um, they've got a running back who was in Heisman contention for most of the year last year. Um, they've got receivers who I like. Quintez Cephas is going to come back healthy. Um, and then the quarterback, Alex Hornerbrook. It's trash. Um, <laughs> he's going to be entering his junior year. Um, he's got two years of pretty much starting under his belt. Um, he's crappy played in some story. really big I games. Mean, how did he do in those two? Yeah, talented he's a crappy te- quarterback. He's got some talented teams. And I think this is the year that he takes the next step. And then no one can disagree. Wisconsin's defense is always good. Um, and Paul Christ, um, he's one of the better head coaches in the college football as well. Um, so I'm going to go Wisconsin at four, which would leave me with two SEC and two Big Ten teams in the, uh, in the final four. Uh, I'll go Oklahoma at four. Uh, what is it? Murray? Murphy? Murray. 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 Uh, you know, a lot of talk about him. He's up, didn't he say he's only playing one season in college football? Yeah, he's only going to play this yeah, year. Yeah, so I think he's got to show out, you know, prove that he can play both football and baseball. Um, I think they're going to do good, be back to where they were last year. Yeah, so now moving on, I'm not even going to respond to the stupidness that is Truman, but uh, we're going to move on to our next college football. Uh, what are some of the toughest places... Did you just call Sean Lee a Hall of Famer? Yeah. In the, okay. okay. The toughest places to play in college football. Uh, no really list here. Mine is just kind of you know random order. Uh, I'll start, I think, Penn State pretty tough to play definitely especially at a night game in happy valley yeah it's i admit it's scary and i think you get the chills just watching it on tv i can't imagine being at the stadium yeah uh, another one's texas a&m um you just see they always even in the afternoon game they just absolutely go nuts down in texas a&m especially when johnny manziel was there he got the crowd absolutely rocking um i think texas a&m is one of the toughest places to play in sports I think it honestly depends on the team. If you have 
you know, a breakout quarterback like Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel, it's going to be harder to play at that stadium. Because mm, they just get the um, crowd absolutely. I'll obviously say Ohio State. I think if you're playing in Columbus in the horseshoe at a night game, blackout when we played Penn State a couple years ago, it's just – I feel like when Ohio State plays at Penn State, Penn State's got the edge when Ohio State plays home mm. against Penn State. You know, Ohio State has the edge, so. Yeah, another one, I, I mean – Wisconsin, Camp Randall, Wisconsin, a night game at Camp Randall um, against a really good team. Uh, it's always cut to play. They have the best, one of the best traditions in sports and um, jump around and they get the whole stadium rocking at the end of the third quarter, which is one of the coolest traditions. There's Wisconsin fans in general, not to be biased, Travis, I know you're like on and off because you're a Packers fan too, but they travel really well. Um, so Wisconsin always has a good... Um, you know, traveling fan base, but I think Camp Randall is a really tough place. To Ohio State's very good at traveling. Yeah. Ohio State's very good too. Um, Iowa last year, Ohio State played Iowa. Iowa, Iowa is sneaky tough went. to play. Big at. Ten um, teams, it's pretty tough. To you play. know, they started that uh, children's hospital thing last year, and that's <laughs> it gets the crowd going crazy. You know, everyone loves everyone loves that. So. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's couple, tough to play there. A couple other obviously. places. Uh, you can tell by Ohio State's game last year, yeah. which is really the reason why they didn't make the. Yeah. If they would have won that game, you know. A couple two, other two. places, I think. You know, Florida State. The chop thing, that's pretty scary. Clemson's um, very Clemson, they would do the color rules. orange is just it kind of intimidating. So I have Virginia Tech, I have two. <laughs> they have a they have a pretty good entrance, Virginia Tech. Uh and then obviously Alabama. You know, they have to have some sort of home field advantage. Uh they always do. So there's that. Now we're gonna move on to baseball. Uh but before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Uh, since 2014, Ace has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, Ace constantly tries to provide families with the best possible landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Oh, Nate? my goodness. Yes, sir. <laughs> Turn to A's, and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So, baseball, we got a couple smaller storylines just want to touch upon. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, uh, he's on the DL right now with hand, foot, and mouth disease, which is a pretty... Interesting thing. Uh, I mean, it's just funny because the Mets are just, it's just a trash shoot right now, the Mets. Uh, these guys, the two probably best pitchers, I think, in the game, Noah Syndergaard and Jacob DeGrom, they, every year they find some way to get injured or some sort of disease, I guess, now. Cut uh, the hair. Yeah. Something to do with the hair. So it's it's got to be. It's a mess. I mean, hand, foot, and mouth disease is like for kids. Kids get that, like babies. And now he has it, and he's going to miss that's two right. starts. And, I mean, that's just insane to me. Uh, another story we have is Tim Tebow. Uh he broke his hand, I guess. He's done for the season. Uh, I guess he had a pretty good he had a pretty good shot at getting called up in September because the Mets, like I said, are a trash shoot and they're just kind of throwing anything at the wall right now and hoping that it sticks. Uh, Tim Tebow, he he had a pretty good last couple of months. I know when we saw him, he was he struck out like four times when we saw him in Akron. But he's batting two seventy three. He was an all star. I think he, they said he was batting like three forty in July. Uh, so it sucks to see him, you know, get injured like this. But he's coming around. Uh, I know a lot of people hate on Tim Tebow for some reason, but he's getting better at baseball, uh, and you've seen that. Uh, I think he would have been called up to AAA here soon, and September 
come September, I think he was a pretty good solid chance at getting called up to the majors. Uh, it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. Obviously, this puts, you know, kind of stretches the timeline, but he is going to get called up to the majors sometime soon. I think maybe next year. I mean, it's good to see that he's playing good. Um, well, not anymore. Well, I mean, his stats. Uh, but, you know, I just don't. Uh, he's in sing double A, right? Double A. Double A. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting when to see when he gets called triple-A and how he does and just follow up his levels here. Um, it's still too early to say he'll get called up. Um, he's getting better. He's getting better, but this is a setback, this injury. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. It's Tim Tebow. It's a cool story to follow. I'm still skeptical to see if he'll get to the majors. I think the Mets will do it eventually just to get the ratings and everyone to watch it, but I don't think it'll be talent-based. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tebow, you know, you either love him or you hate him. He's always talked about, even if he um, doesn't get called up to the majors in his career, you know, he'll always be on ESPN, he'll always be, mm-hmm. you know, talked about. So, I mean, Tim Tebow's loved by many. So. Yeah, and I think if there's any guy who can kind of come back from this type of injury, it's Tim Tebow. Um, I think he's getting a lot better. I don't know if he's going to be a good outfielder when he reaches the majors because he will reach the majors. I'm just going to say it right now. He's Do you going think to... he'll get reached the majors based on talent or just based on ratings? And I think a little bit of both. I mean, he batted 273. He was under 200 when we well, saw we'll him. See what, now he he we'll see what he does in AAA. I don't think he'll be there long if he does reach the majors. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's going to be like a consistent that. outfielder. I don't, He's surprised a lot of people before. I mean, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, Last baseball storyline, we talked about it. Truman, obviously, like we said, he ditched last week. He didn't want to talk about, you know, Josh Hatter and the Brewers' troubles. Uh, but now we got him in studio today. And I just, they gave him, us Brewer fans, they gave this guy a standing ovation. Hand clap, standing ovation. And I want to ask you, why? Why did they do that? Um, People make mistakes. Are you perfect? No. You're not? Nate, are you? Um, no. I, I am not. Um, and you know, the, sh- the crap he's been taking, um, for, you know, the stuff he said when he was a teenager and a young kid in 2011, it's just absolutely kind of ridiculous in my mind. Um, I, I, I hate that. You know, I feel, I hate when stuff comes, it's only happened in the past couple of years when stuff comes out, you know, draft day or, you know, he's yeah. already doing great in his career you know, stuff comes some out. Some people, some people lose millions it's over just, that on draft day. Yeah, it's just... Larry um, Tunsil. Oh, yeah, <laughs> was, he's one of the great examples. I mean, that's he, where he's another one. Draft day, two minutes before the draft starts, this video's all over the internet, all over TV, and he went from a top, you know, five, five, his five time pick. He went to the teens and twenties teams. I mean, he, you know, that messed him up. He's doing good in his career, though. No one But um, you know, that's just another example, though. Like, it's just like. Their career and their reputation gets ruined, and I understand those tweets were bad. I, I they were horrible. Terrible. But they, but those were in 2011, and he came out and he said, "Listen, this is not how I think. This was horrible. This was me when I was a young idiot." Um, and you know, he cried to his teammates. He said, "This is not how I think. Um, you know, I really, really apologize for it." And you know, people are gonna hate him wherever he goes. He's gonna go to different ballparks. He's gonna go to away teams, and he's gonna get booed and he's gonna get hated on for the rest of his career. And, you know, maybe he should. You know, those tweets were bad. But he went out and apologized. Um, You know, his teammates support him completely. They're behind him 100%. And, you know, the Brewers, 
um, and their fans, they, you know, they're they're showing that they accept his apology, and you know, he's one of ours. He's a Milwaukee Brewer, and he's one of the best pitchers in the league, and that's what we're gonna see him as, and a great person, because that's who he is now. We're not gonna um, disown him because of tweets from 2011. Okay, I just don't think he deserves a standing ovation. Standing ovations are for people who do incredible things and do, you know, great things or come back from injury or something. He sent out a bunch of racist tweets and then he apologized for from, it. From 2011. But he apologized and then he gets a... He, he should have apologized. Why should, why should he get accepted for a clap? Because, because no one apologized. else is accepting his apology. And he's going to be hated wherever he goes for the rest of his career. And the Brewers are showing him. And the team's behind him. It, everyone's behind him now, and the Brewers fans wanted to show him that, hey, we're behind you too. And this is another thing. This may not relate. You, you said, if a guy makes a mistake a couple years ago and he apologizes, is we should move on, right? Yeah. You, I've seen it multiple times. This is a little bit off topic. You've said it multiple times in the show that Tiger Woods is a terrible person, and he should never, nobody should like him. He's a terrible guy. But he's apologized. He hasn't, there haven't been any reports of what he's done. Why do you hate him still? I never, you hate, you I hate, never said you, I you make fun of Ezekiel Elliott all the time. I was he's apologizing. Do you like Ezekiel? Yeah, I hate Ezekiel Elliott because he's Ohio State player. You say all the time, oh, he's a jail Ohio State player. You, okay, all okay, just flip it over. You're you're gonna hold grudges on Josh Hatter, and but I'm not you holding, defend Ezekiel Elliott and you defend Tiger Woods. I'm not. That. I'm not holding a grudge, but I don't think I'd give this guy a standing ovation. Wait, but you literally just you gave me an example, and I'll admit I don't like Tiger Woods and stuff because. But he's know, apologized. Personal reasons. Personal and reasons. He, I don't like Josh Hatter. Okay, but you can't you go out and defend, and you're gonna hold grudges on Josh Hatter because he's a Milwaukee Brewer player, and you don't like the Brewers for some reason. And I don't like Ezekiel Elliott because I don't like him because he's an Ohio State player. So you're gonna hold a grudge on him, and I'm gonna hold a grudge on Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, but the thing is, grudges are different, but. To give a guy who did something wrong, and then he apologized, which he should have done, and I'm, I'm glad he did, and obviously he's not going to go out there and say, like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't like black people. That's why I tweeted those things. But why would why would the Brewer fans give him a standing ovation for doing something he should have done? What do you think was going on in the past week in Josh Hatter's mind? Uh, like, oh, shit, I got caught. No, I think it was more of every single person hates me. If I think that's really... why he went out in front of his teammates and cried his eyes out. And I think... I think for the past weeks, we've seen, or not weeks, week, we've seen an absolutely emotional person, and Brewer fans are showing him, hey, you made a mistake, we're going to accept your apology, did he and we're going to move on Did he cry, it. though, because he tweeted those things, or did he cry because he got caught? I think he cried because he tweeted those things, and all of his friends on the If he on really cared team, much about tweeting those things, why didn't he delete them before they came out? Because I don't remember what I tweeted from... <laughs> Many, but you're a professional athlete. Ago. You see stories like Laramie Tunsil. You see, you know, Dante DiVincenzo came out during the national championship game. I think I would go through and I'd scrub my entire Twitter. But he did. He didn't do that. They were out <laughs> there to find. Yeah, I would also do that. If... I mean, I would do. Uh, I mean, why are you giving this guy a standing ovation though? That doesn't because make sense. I think he deserves to see that his entire fan base still loves him and still supports him for the guy he is because he's not the type. Of person and they, he they was should do that. They should support him. But they shouldn't give this guy, you know, oh, don't worry, feel he bad for you. He has probably thought for the past week that Brewer fans hate me, my teammates hate me, the entire world hates me. Because he made a mistake, though, and he has to own up to it, and he did. He did. He did, like I said. And but... Brewer fans are showing him, hey, you made a mistake. They're not saying, hey, we support your tweets. That's what a yeah. standing ovation means, we... though, is you support the guy. We do support the guy because he owned but up he to made, his mistake. he made a... 
I think it made. takes more of a man to own up to your mistakes and go in front of your teammates and cry your eyes out. But what's he gonna do though? What's what's the alternative to that? He's not. He's it would ruin his career if he didn't apologize. If he didn't go to his teammates, he has to do that stuff because that's what we've seen. Guys in the past when they make he mistakes, they do, do all that stuff. Yes, he does. He doesn't have to. He's do gonna that get stuff. suspended. He's if he gonna truly get... believed in what he was tweeting, I don't think he would have shown that much. If he truly more. didn't believe in what he was tweeting, why didn't he delete it? Travis, you're you're asking someone. Or why did he jump ahead of this story instead of waiting to get caught? You're asking someone who to find tweets from. And listen, he should have done it. He should have deleted those tweets. Anybody agrees that he should have deleted those tweets. But that's not well, that's not the issue over this. It's not that he didn't go back to 2011 and find tweets that no, he sent out. No, and the issue of this is not that he did it. I'm glad he apologized. I'm glad he owned up to it. The issue is Brewer fans. Like saying like it's okay, like it's not that big of a deal. No, yeah, I think it's I think it's you know Zeke Elliott comes back from suspension, you know Dallas he's playing a home game, everyone's gonna start cheering when Zeke Elliott runs out on the field. Yeah. Josh Gordon comes back from suspension, everyone's gonna start cheering. I think it's just I just don't think the Brewers gonna... are happy that you know he's still playing and he's not he's getting past it. Oh. Yeah, exactly. And he, I don't know if there's a standing ovation shut because shut you got to admit there's no way this deserves a standing ovation a though. His apology you can and cheer his for remorse? Him. Yes, it deserves a standing he ovation. He should have done those things. Though. Hey, maybe they, maybe they were Congrats. maybe they were giving him a standing ovation for his inning shutout where he didn't. Congrats! Give up you 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 deleted your tweets and apologized. You did what you're supposed to do. What? I, it doesn't have to do that. Does he have to do that? <laughs> yes, he does. He or else he's gonna get cut. His career is gonna be over. Does if those are the things he believed in? Do you it's not a good look for the Milwaukee Brewers fan base to be giving well, a guy who did who did a. Pretty like bad Nate thing. Said, then standing why, why do fans do that all the time? They cheer. They don't give up and clap and get on their feet. You do that for guys who come back from terrible situations or guys or troops when they're coming home and stuff like that. Oh you don't God. do that to Josh <laughs> Hatter see, for tweeting racist like tweets. They aren't cheering for him. He's racist tweets. <laughs> they're so cheering for the guy. Your big dumb head. <laughs> oh they're not gosh. cheering for his racist tweets. They're cheering for his apology and showing him, hey, we accept your apology and you're still a brewer and we still love you. And do that in different ways. Don't get on your feet and don't. I think you're not standing, twist this I think, into the whole fan base being racist and we love I don't, the tweets. I don't. I think you probably what happened it. was a couple guys stand up, stood up, and everybody else was like, okay, well, I guess we got to do this. But it's not the right thing to do in a situation. Like I that. think it's very. I, I think Josh Hader's got his confidence back now that he shows. Oh, the Brewers love me and the fans love me. The teammates are behind me. So you know, I'm gonna move on. But from now this it's all over national media. Road. People, you know, questioning why the Brewers, did, I, why Brewer fans. I'm going Twitter right now. I, I don't think it's all over now. It's all over. We wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't. You, no, but we're, we're going to move now. We have to, we have to move now on to basketball. We're going to go through this pretty quickly. Uh, two signings. Uh, two pretty big signings in the league. Two legends got uh, back <laughs> onto their teams. Uh, we'll start with Carmelo Anthony. Signed a one-year, $2.4 million vet minimum deal Bad with news. the Houston Rockets. Bad news for the Rockets. This is what's going to happen. He's going to provide instant Nothing. scoring. Offensive scoring. He finally gets to play with one of his best friends, Chris Paul. And now you got a new big three. Chris Paul, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony. Remember when the Thunder had a big three last year? Yeah, Russ is a cancer to play with, though. So, Carmelo might be. You look at this team. Chris Paul, (laughs) James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker. The names go on and on. How does this team not beat the Warriors? I mean, that's all I'm saying. How does this team not beat the Warriors? Steph because Curry's they Chris took Paul. a. I think that they took a step back from what they wow. were last year, and I think the Warriors will sweep them this year. Mel's gonna. So Mel's gotten a good system now. Gonna provide some instant offensive scoring. 
I think this team gets better. Mello who's Jordan? Wait, who's Mello Jordan Kevin Durant? Been, Mello no. has not been Mello's the big Durant. big talk Mello since he was on the Nuggets. Who? Wait, Nate. In his first year. Nate, on the you asked who's guarding Kevin Durant on the Rockets? Nobody's guarding. No, Kevin. no one's guarding. Kevin All right, Durant. we got to move on. We could argue about this all day, and I I would go to I would die defending Carmelo Anthony. I would go to ends of the earth to I defend this man. I don't know how people defend Carmelo because he's the most underrated player but who's in the NBA history. Defending but we got to move Durant. now. To Dirk Nowitzki, uh, signed one year, five million dollar deal with the Mavericks. Twenty one years with the Mavericks, you gotta give that guy credit. Standing ovation. In a league of no loyalty, Dirk has been the most consistent, loyal player throughout his whole career. Only won one championship in twenty one years. Most guys would leave. Uh, he's been kind of underrated. Uh, Dallas isn't, you know, L. A. It's not a place where you can make huge money. But he's stayed there for twenty one years. He's held down that his spot on the Mavericks. And, you know, you just got to clap it up for a guy like that. He's the best Maverick of all time. Um, I think people need to look at him like this is, like, what we should be. Like, Kevin Durant, if he would have stayed with the Thunder, he could have been, like, a Dirk Nowitzki to the Thunder. But um, now he's got that bad rap. Dirk never had that bad rap. Um, same and with LeBron on the cast. Same with he LeBron on the cast. to Miami, he would be yeah, yeah, just up there with Dirk. So, like I said, in a league of no loyalty, we've seen the past couple weeks with DeMar DeRozan and uh, you know Isaiah Thomas last year. Dirk has been the most consistent, loyal. Dirk and the Mavs has been the most consistent relationship uh, in NBA and in sports almost. Almost like Tim Duncan and the Spurs. Dirk doesn't care about money. He cares about Dallas and he cares about playing basketball. And that's very rare in the NBA t- and in sports today. Uh, so glad to see him back. Uh, probably his last year, I'm thinking. Uh, doesn't have much in those knees, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, then a story that just came out not even an hour ago: Kevin Love signing back with the Cavs for four years, I think. Uh, I think this shows he's going to be their leader now. He's going to be, you know, their LeBron. He's going to be their leader. Going to try to lead this team back to. I don't think they're going to go to the championship, but back to playoff form. Hopefully. I think the Cavs are in a lot better position than they were the first time LeBron Four left. Four-year, $120 million extension. Yeah, so he's, he got paid to stay. Uh, he's going to be their leader now. That Cleveland, that, the that, basket, that basketball Love. team runs through Kevin Love right now. And I think that's clear. Yeah, I mean, maybe he can be Minnesota Kevin Love now. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I like Kevin Love. I'm glad he resigned. A lot of people don't like him. But I think it's just because, you know, LeBron was there and now Kevin Love is our best player. I think Colin Sexton's going to step up a lot this year, too. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Love, you know, it's his team now. He's got to take control. And, yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. Like uh, I think I think he could step up, be that Minnesota guy. But we'll see. But for now, we're going to move on to a question to answer. Uh, but before that, I want to remind you that our show is also brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, these will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Uh, every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut, and they get better every single time because Dom is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible. You can find these home cuts on Twitter and Instagram. You can set up appointments directly in his bio. It's really easy, really quick. Uh, so give him a call and go get your haircut for only $7. You won't find a cheaper haircut. Uh, these home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So... Got a couple questions and answers. We got to move kind of quickly. Uh, we got a couple minutes left here, but before, but one of the questions we got is: We're now training camp starting up. What are some of the NFL coaches that are on the hot seat heading into this year? Trying to kick it off. Well, we, me and Nate stated. Earlier, I got six names. Jason Garrett is for sure. I don't have him on there, but well, I don't. I think if they go seven, nine, or eight, Nate Jason Garrett's guaranteed out of there. Um, 
love him to death, but Mike McCarthy's on the list. Uh, yep. The Packers have to take a step into Check. the Super Bowl. Um, they just need to. Uh, Hugh Jackson, yeah, I think that's check. that's obvious. Yeah. Uh, if the if the Browns don't take a big step forward, Hugh Jackson needs to uh, just jump into the Atlantic Ocean and go somewhere. Um, he's, he'll be done. Um, who else? Let's see. Uh, you can Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis has got to go. Oh, Marvin Lewis has got to get out of Cincinnati. Jerk Cutter. Yeah, he's bed. guaranteed if if James Winston doesn't take another step forward and the and the Buccaneers go five and eleven, Dirk Cutter's gone. Here's a name. Interesting. Might get a little heat for this. Mike Tomlin. I think the Steelers have been underperforming the last couple of years. Tomlin hasn't been. He's kind of just, you know, a hype-up guy. Uh, he's lost that locker room. They've had a lot of problems the past couple of years off the field stuff. I don't think they will. I think he's on the hot seat. I think they got to have a good year this year. Uh, losing to the Jaguars in the playoffs hurt him a lot. So Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. And then I think another one that's guaranteed is Pete Carroll. Um, yep. If Seattle takes a big step back, which everyone kind of expecting them to, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, they're an interesting team. Uh, if they falter like some people expect them to, then I think Pete Carroll's gone and they'll move to a younger route. Yeah, I want Hugh gone. Yeah, I, I got one more name. There. One more name. I think this is a little interesting. Vance Joseph from the Broncos. Uh, they've come a long way from their Super Bowl the last couple of years. Uh, they had a lot of talent over this offseason. Case Keenum is going to be Vance Joseph's savior. Uh, if he doesn't perform well, I think Vance Joseph's gone. I think John Elway's the huge problem there in Denver, why they haven't been performing the last couple of years. Uh, but Vance Joseph would be the scapegoat because they're not going to fire John Elway in Denver. So I could see Vance Joseph getting fired if they start poorly and finish poorly. Uh, so we answered the Dez question. Last question. Will Tiger Woods ever win another major? I know we talked about Tiger Woods earlier in the show. Um... He had a pretty good weekend. I know around Sunday at like 11, 12 p.m., uh, 12 noon, uh, I started getting, you know, those tweets that he was winning. He was in first place in uh, Britain at the British Open. Uh, he was leading through 11 holes, but then he fell apart. She Does had, he... uh, on that swing, guy yelled. Yeah. Right on his swing. Yeah. Oh, he, he got pissed like, off, like, yeah. Why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, he was leading through 11, but as soon as everyone started to tune in, he fell apart. Uh, he, he hit a shot into the crowd. Uh, it was just kind of a mess there for the rest of the round. He a shot right on the shore the other day, yeah. too. He was very lucky. That I think Brit, uh, the British Open was one of his best shots in the past couple of years. I'm glad to see that he you know, stayed healthy and he's still going. I don't think he ever wins another major. I think he'll get three to four more of these where he's like leading on Sunday, but he ends up blowing it. Uh, so I don't think he'll ever win another major, but he surprised us in the past. We'll see what happens in the future. I have no I don't follow golf. So I don't <laughs> okay. know. I don't follow much either, but <laughs> I, I don't think Tiger But everyone can agree when Tiger is winning, golf's better. Golf's more fun to watch. Uh, so now we're going to be moving to the end of our show, we want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. I want to thank you for Nate for coming in today. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Got a big scrimmage later versus Lake Catholic. Good luck for that. Go Bees. <laughs> Senior uh, season. 69 again. Come out. <laughs> uh, we ask that you go on to iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at TNT Sports Talk 12. Uh, listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 12 to 1. Find us on YouTube at TNT Sports Talk. Uh, that's it for today. Have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. Again, we don't know who the guest is going to be, but we'll, we'll find somebody. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Go Packers. And that's it. Thank you.